0: skeptical about custom beauty honestly y'all I totally get it my feed is flooded with customized this and personalized that all promising you know to fix all of our beauty hair and skin problems truthfully I was so skeptical when I saw this brand but I'm a total believer now when pro says custom they actually mean it their products are no gimmicks and your formula couldn't exist without you they asked like
1: Yeah.
0: and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Just Break Up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra Demolder,
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like wanting to change our partners, guinea pigs, when to interfere, (laughs) And holding ourselves accountable hmm but before we begin we just want to give you our surgeon generals warning which is that we don't know what we're doing
0: we don't know what we're doing we're not professionals we know nothing like Jon Snow we weren't trained in this our advice is just random thoughts that we put together in sentences <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mostly. Mostly, I just say everything that my therapist has said to me, yeah. to you all.
0: I mostly just say what Brene Brown has said to me and thousands and thousands of YouTube listeners.
1: Oh. That's yeah. great. So, this Love is, her. She's, she's so good.
0: <laughs> well, actually, now Sam is the, everybody, just so you know, if you're an OG podcast listener, you know that Sam used to lie to people about reading Brene Brown. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, but now he's the proud owner of one Brene Brown book,
1: which I have not started yet, but will probably sit on my shelf for a while.
0: Be <laughs> like, like all great books, especially yes, ah, self help books. <laughs> <laughs> if you looked at my shelf, you would think that I was like the most emotionally smart, well rounded person in the world. You are. That's my best friend. <laughs> this is all to say, we do not know what we're talking about. We are clumsy, like messy humans, just like you. And we're just here to offer our humble advice to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing thing that is love. Yes. Welcome to episode 33, Sam. 33. 33. 33.
1: I can't wait until we get... To episode six six six, which is like <laughs> this American Life just reached that, and they had a whole episode on Satan. I
0: know, I love it. I love it because I love making jokes about Satan.
1: I <laughs> but I just think it would be funny for us to have like a Satan themed just for yeah yeah yeah,
0: and it can, be, <laughs> it can be like so. Have you ever dated the literal devil?
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my god, have you?
0: And he appears in a in a ball of flames. <laughs>
1: Yeah, anyway, that's what I'm
0: saying. Okay,
1: There's so much good content there that we are going to have to wait another 633 <laughs> episodes to get to.
0: Yeah, think of the memes. So many memes. Think of the memes. Okay, so this week's uh, check-in topic is inspired by another message we got from a listener who is their, their screen name. Is that what you call Instagram? I messed this up last episode, too. I don't know. I, is Username. It handle 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 makes me think of love handles or a car
1: oh it's what they used to like
0: twitter handle oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's where it came so i think instagram username is what they say got it we're so hip and technologically savvy <laughs>
1: <laughs> i learned about handles from Ghostwriter, the pbs show yeah like when the internet was just starting they like yeah. came up with like what's your handle
0: yeah. Um, I learned about handles when I gained weight this year.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Same.
0: <laughs> Just kidding. No weight shame. I love my body. And I love yours, too. Not yours, Sam. The general you, the listeners. Oh. Yeah.
1: Glad to know I'm excluded from that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It's fine. My body is my body.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, I have gained weight this year, but I kind of feel good about it. Um Like, I kind of am at a point in my life in which I just don't give a fuck. That's good. Yeah.
1: I'm the heaviest that I have ever been. And then I was planning to, like exercise more in January, and then my dad died, so that didn't hey, happen. Hey,
0: you know what? Some things don't go as we Drink planned. Drink less and
1: exercise more was what I was going to do, and let me tell you. Oh,
0: I know. You were like, I'm doing a sober January, and then you called me with this traumatizing news that no one out there can handle that we're laughing about right now, but, but that's just what's happened. You just fucking deal. You just deal. Oh, yeah. But So that horrible thing happened, and I was like, so Sam's drinking, right? <laughs>
1: Oh, I did, yeah. Yeah, and
0: we—I flew home from New York because I was there with my family, and we drank like an entire box of wine.
1: We did, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Listen, hey, I'm coping in my own way.
0: Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) uh, All jokes aside, Sam is coping in a really wonderful way. Uh, He's taking time off work and he's going to therapy. And everybody out there who's worrying about us right now. (laughs) Please don't. Or, I mean, do like in a holistic. That's right. Is this awkward? Have we made it awkward?
1: I think so. Well. Listen, I'm processing. I'm not processing right now. Right yeah, here. Life, I'm like, got life my is awkward, <laughs> yeah. folks. Got my business face on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and our business is literally putting our business out there. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad that this is happening. Anyway. <laughs> All the way back to handles. And I thought I said something uncomfortable talking about gaining weight. Oh, <laughs> and no. And then you just knocked it out of the park. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> We're soulmates. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, so um, the username is Hanmak. Great. Hanmak. Hanmak. Hanmak? Han- spell Han- 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 it. Hanmak. Now, I'm not going to spell it because what if they want to be anonymous? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the spelling would give it. All right, we got to get this episode started. Okay, so Hanmak <laughs> writes um, wants us to check in about dating multiple people at once, like at the beginning when you're playing the field, yeah. when you're trying to figure out who you actually want to date, and you're kind of like when you, when you've got more than one boo in your phone. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever done that? Of course, I have. I have not, but like, I of course I have. You know what I mean? Like, but <laughs> it was more like. it it was worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> like I was emotionally into two, di- like more than one person at once, and I was not sure what direction to go to. In. Oh, I've never really played the field in that way. I've never like been. You've never so... been like
1: so single and like I'm gonna go on a date with him. Yeah, and him I've and been and more like him.
0: emotionally manipulative and needy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. <laughs>
0: this episode (laughs) good thing folks i love the letters in this episode so if you're totally turned off by 30 things we've said already the letters are really good
1: and honestly like i'm surprised you made it to episode 33 (laughs) if you don't like this shit
0: (laughs) yeah totally um on the instagram live in february i was like how do you guys feel about my swearing because i don't think i could stop if i tried (laughs) And I, and I got some thumbs up, so.
1: Yeah, people were really into you swearing. And I was well, like, great. Well, it's just,
0: it's just my most authentic self is to talk like a sailor.
1: Um, okay, so playing the field didn't really work for you. Well, I just,
0: uh, let me say this. I have never had that much control over myself and my desires and simultaneously I never legitimize my desires enough to be like oh I'm dating around I'm always like I'm gonna marry you and I'm gonna marry you and I'm gonna marry you <laughs> you know all at once
1: oh it's so much easier for me because I don't really like people yeah that it was that it just like well, I don't
0: like people either I just like myself least <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the name of the episode
0: yeah <laughs> that's funny i I'm Actually, I don't want to name the episode of that because I, I, I used to make like a, I, I myself and other people used to make a lot of, um, almost an identity about self-loathing. Like it turns into like a really funny joke all the time. Yeah. But I don't hate myself. At least not anymore. That's good. I've did i I've done a lot of work on myself. And but back then, going back to our fucking original check-in topic, thirty-eight yeah. topics ago. <laughs> I don't think I respected myself and other people enough to be like, I'm just dating around right now. It was mm-hmm. that I needed the intimacy so, like, I would cling to people really easily and, yeah. and, and irresponsibly. I get that. But let's talk about it as a broad thing because I'm I'm just sharing all of my shit to everyone that, like, I didn't do well with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was helpful to, like, to do it because you only have a limited amount of time on this earth. And, yeah. And, like... If you're looking for a significant other, like you're not going to find them one at a time. Yeah. Right. And I don't think that you owe anyone anything to be like, I'm going on dates with like, I'm going on with dates with three different people at this point, but we've only been on two dates. So like, what do I owe you?
0: Right. It is a weird, like there's monogamy and then there's like pre monogamy. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you can't. Like, date around. And I think that's because people like to police our bodies, police our affection and our attention, especially as women, but as everybody. Like, uh, we're just supposed to be nurturing and and sexually pure at all times. Right. Um, But it is weird. It's like, you're monogamous before you're monogamous.
1: True. And I will say that, like, I wasn't... When I was playing the field, I wasn't really sleeping with people. Yeah. Like, I was like, making out with them, but I was never, like, physically that intimate.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: But that doesn't mean that you can't be. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, as long as you're not... You are not saying things that aren't true.
0: And this is where relationships, dating, matters of the heart... It Where the nuancedness, like the um, opposing forces really comes to a head and makes me like a more forces me literally to be a more open, compassionate, understanding person, because Mm -hmm. there's two sides of this coin. The one side of the coin is somebody is, you know, they're 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 not committing to one person. They're being open about that. They're they're. Not even playing the field because playing implies like being a yeah, player. That means,
1: yeah, that you're. Yeah, just so like you're, you are dating more
0: people. than one person at once. You're not committing to um, a full out uh, monogamous relationship quite yet. You're communicating your desires. You're letting yourself experience all these things, and that's a positive, empowering thing. Yeah. The other side of that coin is you are emotionally leading people on. Yep. You are ghosting them when you no longer want to do the emotional labor of breaking up with them, which we've talked about a lot. Like, they're, mm-hmm. it's complicated, and um, you're leading people on, or you're like, I right. keep on thinking about the stereotypes of these two things. There's a stereotype of a young woman being like, "I'm, I don't need a man. I'm, I'm going to be hyper independent. Yeah. I'm going to." Uh, I'm going to play the field and not get tied down and I'm going to see where things go and I'm not going to settle. And that's like the empowering st- stereotype that I'm thinking about. And then I think about like, no offense dudes, I'm thinking about the stereotypical dude playing the field mm-hmm. and my heart instantly dislikes him. Yep. And, and I'm, I'm saying this now to call myself out on my own biases yeah. that like uh, I, when I think about a guy doing that, I'm like, well, why can't he just communicate his needs? Yada, yada, yada. But, this is what I'm talking about every time I say that love <laughs> and sex is so nuanced. It is. is. because we want them to be all one thing or the other, and they're just not. Yep. Um, so.
1: I mean, I w- it would be really easy to be like, everyone just dates one person at one time. And I have had friends who have, like, actively judged me for being able to date more than one person at one oh, time. Oh, really? Yep.
0: You, well, there's totally a stigma against it.
1: There is, but it's also like, I don't know, until my, I go into relationships like dating relationships with people especially people who I've like met online yeah that they are going on multiple dates with multiple people and until I'm like hey I th- would really th- I think we should be exclusive like I think we should just date each other then like I can't hold them to an standard that i'm not holding myself to totally because like why else are you on dating sites unless you are like actively trying to like find people to date
0: Uh, yeah but my little tender sensitive heart that wants to (laughs) love and be loved unconditionally by everyone i've ever met Uh cannot handle that like gets actively anxious and then like like wipes up the first person i see (laughs) Because I panic, because I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to love somebody else more than me. I would not do well in polyamory. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> like, I just would exp- I would implode. Um, not, And I, I see that as, like, an uninvolved part of myself.
1: No, I think it's that you know, you like, what you need, and you yeah. are asking for it, which is monogamy.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what? I feel like we've mused on this topic quite a bit. This musing had, like, 17 different tentacles. It did. Um, yeah, I, I think I think let's just close it there because it's not like we have a resolution. We just talked about our feelings. <laughs> that is literally Welcome every argument. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's every conversation I've ever had it, with an intimate partner. No, absolutely. There's no resolution. We just talked about our feelings. <laughs> um. Play the field, do it responsibly, think about other people's
1: Yeah, I mean I think that's it, right? Think about other people's feelings.
0: But don't emotionally overextend yourself for people who don't deserve it.
1: Yes. Think of yourself and also other people's feelings. Find the <laughs> find the healthy balance uh, there.
0: Not professionals, people. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Episode thirty three. The first letter is from Lara Hunter, who is writing to us from the void. Lara writes Hi friends, I'm a female several months into a long-distance monogamous relationship with a lovely man. We see each other every six to eight weeks for a short amount of time and have spent blocks of time together. I'm almost 30, so I've been quite an active dater in that time, and I've never been treated so well. My partner is loving, considerate, fun, and easy to love. The connection is everything you would want, to be, want it to be. I'm soon moving to him, which involves le- leaving a job and friends. I've been burnt many times before, and I feel like I've finally found someone who's worth hanging on to. I've finally found a decent and loyal person who supports and challenges me. The only flaw I find relates to his style. While I find him very attractive, like he is objectively and undeniably good-looking, he has quite a quirky and more feminine style. He wears female pants because he likes the patterns, suspenders and glittery shoes, sequins and feminine earrings. I'm not attracted to that. I usually go for a more, quote, Wolverine-looking, very masculine man and with a simple style. I'm not into products or brand names or glitter or jewelry. I almost forget how he dresses sometimes due to the distance. and. And then we see each other and he has dainty jewelry hanging from his ears and I feel like I am maybe not what uh, he wants in addition to his style not being my type. I feel so vain to admit that I'm hesitant about the way he presents himself. Usually, I don't feel like it matters, but due to the distance, he has not met my family yet, and I just imagine what my close-minded and very Catholic family would have to say when they meet him. It's a very out there style. They tell me that they'd probably tell me I have a gay boyfriend, which is frustrating because it shouldn't matter. I guess it's almost as though I'm feeling guilty for my heterosexuality and for not being attracted to the way this amazing man styles himself. I'm very unpretentious and plain when it comes to how I dress myself. I'd rather be comfortable, so I feel like we're different people when he puts all these fancy, crazy clothes on. I haven't said anything to him about the way he dresses um, and how it makes me feel distant from him, or as though we aren't compatible because it all feels so silly. I don't want to judge him for how he expresses himself, but I can't deny my feelings. I'm attracted to him and I think I do love him, but I am not attracted to how he presents himself. Am I being vain or superficial? I was able to see past the styles I am not attracted to in order to learn what a beautiful person he is. But now I sometimes feel a bit funny going out with him when I see him getting ready. I should love him more than I care about how he looks. Maybe it's a sign that I'm not right for him if I can't be accepting. I wish I could say I want all of him, but honestly, it's like I want 96% of him. How should I approach these feelings? I feel like a horrible person. Lara, you are not a horrible person. You're not. Um, and I'm really grateful that you wrote us. I think that this is a really complicated, really difficult question that required some vulnerability from you to lean in to ask us that, and I want to first thank you for writing and for putting it out there because this is a hard question.
1: It is, and I think that there's a lot of um, guilt that comes along with not liking particular things about our partners, especially if they are— like. Things about the way that they dress, or like the type of yeah. music that they like, or the type yeah. of shows—like there's a certain level of like guilt that is associated with that because Fear we want... that
0: you're being superficial, just like right. she writes a couple times. Exactly. <laughs> Sam and I are wiggling a lot because this is—we've recorded two episodes in a row, and our limbs are old
1: yeah (laughs) my back's a little sore from sitting in this chair (laughs) sorry
0: we were I was laughing because we were both like adjusting ourselves and Spencer is probably gonna have to like edit some of these things out anyway um yeah it's it's difficult I feel for you Mm -hmm. Lara because I I feel like I've actually been in similar situations where like little things and I was gonna say little superficial things but but what I mean by superficial is external things little Mm -hmm. things outside of the internal heart and and soul of the person i love have turned me off from them and i've often wondered if i really am truly unattracted to them or if it's a manifestation of my gender teaching like Mm -hmm. that i got from society that what i was taught subconsciously about what it means to be a man and a woman and obviously there are a thousand other um Gen, you know, gender identities other than the two binaries. But when you're growing up, you' you're so subconsciously infiltrated by culture. Absolutely. Yeah. so
1: and I think that there is um, a level of of growth that straight folks have not had to go through in the same way that queer folks have had to go through totally. in terms of dismantling understandings of gender. And the way that those play out for people that we are attracted to. Yeah. And so, like, I remember growing up in high school and being like, I'm not attracted to feminine men. Like, yeah. I'm attracted to men because, like, that's why I'm gay is I'm attracted to men. Right. And it's taken a long time for me to be able to dismantle why that is in my head and to realize that it was not because I'm not attracted to feminine men. It's because society has taught me that feminine men are less attractive than muscular men who wear flannel and have beards and carry axes and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And so it but it's because I because being a queer person, I was forced out of the traditional gender roles that like I had to come to terms with that because like everything around me in terms of my understanding of gender had crumbled right um and so i think uh that you might be going through something similar right where your your notions of gender are being challenged in a that's way that's happening. incredibly yeah. visceral to you yeah and so um i think that there's an opportunity here for you to to understand that in a different way
0: yeah i also this that What you just talked about brings up my main tension with this letter is what, like, where does Lara draw the line because she, like, what is real, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I can tell you actively that I don't find X, Y, and Z attractive, Mm -hmm. And I can also tell you, well, I think that comes from my, you know, indoctrination as a child uh, that I learned that X, Y and Z is attractive. Or like, you know, I find um, when people have a flushed face, I think it's really attractive. Like when they and I I, and I connect it back to my mother being um, outside and like getting a sunburn Mm -hmm. when she was like working in the garden. And I think it's just so pretty when people have like flushed cheeks. Yeah. And or I can tell you that. um I'm not attracted to when men wear eyeliner Um, and I can tell you that that is probably connected to me and my understanding of gender and gender presentation, but does that make my desire or my anti-desire any less real? Does that make sense? Like where's the line between challenging my understanding of gender, gender presentation, my understanding of my own desire and, and recognizing it and honoring it as true.
1: Well, because I think here, and Lara says this multiple times, she is very attracted to her boyfriend. Right. Right. She uh, really does think that he is objectively attractive. It's just when he puts on the trappings of femininity that suddenly she questions it. Yeah. Um, and I just think that that is something that we need to interrogate. Like, if you s- still find him attractive when he's naked, like, then what about his outfits is making it so hard for you to find him attractive? when he has his clothes on
0: i totally agree sam but what if it wasn't an invocation of femininity and what if it was just that he was like hella goth and that like when he was naked she was like hell yeah you're a babe and then when he when he presented like goth or or whatever she didn't like that like where is the line what like what are we allowed to like be critical of of our partners
1: I don't think that if he that was goth, sense? we we would be having the same visceral reaction to it.
0: I agree to an extent, but I but I I can also imagine this letter being written to us and saying, "I love my partner. Um, I love everything about them. I think they're really sweet. They're the most supportive partner ever. But I don't like the way they dress." And and with no context, like how do I deal with that? What how do I deal with if 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 she didn't give us any context about the femininity of it? Like I, I could see that letter being sent to us and. And us having a different intellectual conversation. I don't think I would. I think I would say
1: get over it. Really? I mean, honestly. Totally. Like you said, 96, you love 96% of your partner and you don't like 4% of it. Yeah. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah.
0: No, totally. (laughs) Totally. My, the way I thought. Or like the way I plan on approaching this question is talking about gender and gender identity and, and expression in clothing and our and our indoctrination as by by culture, but then to get into the fact that like Laura, you talk about how much you love this man, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it, I would I wanted to talk about gender and gender identity, and then I wanted to talk about the fact that we dislike things about our loved ones all the time. Oh, absolutely. So I, I agree with you there. I just think there is something to be said about like. If, if she hadn't written the line about being so fucking happy, mm-hmm. I would be like, well, you're allowed to be unattracted to someone. Yeah. Like, especially, again, taking gender out of it when, when I know that this is a conversation about um, femininity and masculinity, but uh, removing that for one second to say, like, um, if you are a more um, quieter personality and you are... And it makes you anxious to be out with a louder personality like that, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that stuff is real. But you're right. It's, it is impossible to ignore the underlying expression of femininity here yeah. that makes us uncomfortable as a culture. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think um, that and also like this idea of like, how am I going to present him to my family? Yeah, also,
0: it's about shame. and Right.
1: It's about and I think that this has a lot to do with gender, but I also think it is like we have expectations of what our partners are supposed to look like and act like and be like and when they are not that then but we still love them then why are we so concerned with how other people are going to view them and i think that can that uh that concern about like what will people think of me because i am dating this person often rips people apart in ways that that aren't necessarily right because right. like you could have the best, most supportive, loving partner, but he doesn't dress as well as you want him to or his job isn't as good as as your parents want him to have. Totally. And then suddenly it's like it it creates this friction in the relationship that isn't because of you two and your compatibility and your love for each other, but because of expectations placed on you by other people. That's and so right. I think that this instance is really complicated because of the issues of gender, but it's also about. What are what expectations are you bringing into this relationship that have been placed on you by other people? If you really love him ninety ninety six percent of him, right, right, like are you really willing to sacrifice that for for the four percent that sounds like is part of your culture, is part of your parents telling you these things? Is that I think that you could do the head and heart work to to interrogate and right. move through,
0: right? Yeah, that actually maybe. If that if that percentage is correct, then maybe what you can offer your lover is do work to understand this.
1: Why do they dress like that? Right. What, what do they it like is important about it? To them? Yeah. Right?
0: Like, talk, don't be afraid to talk about it. If you if you if you don't talk about something, it becomes a big scary monster. Absolutely. And instead, you say like, "What makes you dress this way? What do you like about this? What do you like about yourself when you're in this clothing?" Absolutely. And then maybe like, and this is not even like a call out at all, Lara. Like, I I. I empathize with this a lot because I think I've experienced this, particularly if I'm calling myself out fully with men that I've dated, mm-hmm. you know, like that I, that I want that I've come to want a certain type of masculinity that I think is conflated in my head due to our society and our understandings of gender. Yep. Um. And so I, I connect with you, Lara, on that and empathize with you. But you know, is there, I think about there is, I know about this couple in the Twin Cities who are in the music industry, and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to name names or anything because I just don't want to, but um, they were married, husband and wife, and in that relationship, um, the husband kind of would play with gender, would cross dress sometimes by choice with using that word, and then slowly decided to come out as trans, Mm -hmm. started to transition, was on estrogen, um, and then kind of decided that they wanted to live in the middle ground, that they they didn't want to... Fully transitioned. They sure. didn't want to pass as one or the other and just kind of like that. And what I really love is that, um, his, uh, or their partner, excuse me, their partner, um, their wife kind of like, uh, wrote and not an expose, but like wrote an op ed basically about what it is like when your partner ch- changes that way, transitions like that. And what is it like to be a heterosexual woman in a relationship that, changes your understanding of gender sexuality identity yeah. and it, and 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 that the why I bring this all up Lara is that that partner had to do a certain amount of self-reflection a certain amount of work a certain yep. amount of um really compassionate growth to to meet their partner and support them holistically absolutely and if this if this man is the partner that you're describing to us which is the best ever <laughs> in all ways except for these 4% then i maybe it is worth exploring that yep. and and exploring why it makes you uncomfortable to be in public that way like fuck all those people right. if you think about it like fuck all those people who right. who would who would maybe persecute your partner because um he's living his best life right um that all being said me the pessimist or the realist <laughs> has to i want to say one thing before we close this letter yeah which is that You're planning on moving your life Mm -hmm. to be with this person that you see every six to eight weeks and someone that you feel really great about, except for this stuff that you almost forget about when you're gone. Yeah. And the the last thing I want to say is that people statistically over... Romanticize long distance relationships because they only have to see the good things. Just like right. Sam always says, you don't have to smell their shitty breath in the morning. You don't have to deal with all the clothes that they leave on the floor. Yep. Um, you are not reminded constantly of all the things that rub you the wrong way, and and this the way they dress with the way your partner dresses is something that you don't have to deal with every day. Mm-hmm. And so just, A, examine the fact that you don't get to see this person very often, so you might be over-romanticizing all their 96% good parts. Right. And B, that when you move in together, that 4% is going to become a lot louder. <laughs> right? True. It's yep. going to be every day, and you just have to be ready for that. So maybe that is a something to urge you into. Mm-hmm.
1: Having these conversations about understanding uh, who he is and why he chooses to dress in the way that he does, right? Um, and I will tell you that it's not. I think this is a thing that happens in all relationships, right? It's uh, there are always things that Peter does, and I'm like, can you ha- like help me understand like why this is important to you, or right. why why are we keeping this like thing in our apartment? Like, what does it mean to you? Because to me, it's just like an old book, and like why do we have it? Right. But to you, it's something that's super important, and so like. Those are conversations that throughout your relationship, you're going to have to continue to have in order right. to understand the 5% of the person that you love that like doesn't make any sense to you. Right. That is like, sort of like,
0: no partner why is do we keep all your... these like
1: things in our apartment? I don't understand. <laughs> Something
0: coming out right now, Sam. Right. <laughs> but then you have
1: the conversation and you're like, why is this important to you? And then yeah. like, and then suddenly it's not just things in our apartment, it's, his old grandpa's Bible or whatever it is that is that is important to him right right? so that's this is good practice for future conversations that you're going to have to continue to have throughout your entire relationship
0: yeah totally thank you so much for writing Laura you've obviously stimulated stimulated a lot of thoughtfulness and great conversation between me and my love Sam Um, we love you we believe in this relationship and we really hope that um, this leads to some growth
1: Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do.
0: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup.
1: All right. Our next letter is coming from Hannah, uh, who is writing from The Void. Hannah writes... I love this podcast and thank you for doing this. I've been bringing the episode's I've been binging the episodes and different ones have given me clarity on this experience that I'm writing to you about today. I'm 23 and I've never been in a relationship and it's something that I'm really self-conscious about. I don't disclose this to partners unless they ask because I feel like it scares people away to be my first. I'm a woman of color living in a very white conservative city. I've lived here almost a year for work and dating has been really hard because I always have to explain myself to men and my boundaries. In this year, I've had a few unfortunate sexual experiences that really impacted me, and the guilt from them led to a lot of emotional turmoil and crisis over the summer. I was afraid to have sex again, and I was grossed Mm. out by my body. I still feel this way sometimes. Mm. After all this, I went on a Bumble date with a guy, a med student, in October who seemed perfect for me. We're of the same faith, something that's important to both of us. We're driven by our careers, we have similar family backgrounds and values, the same taste in music, the same sense of humor, and we were on the same end of the political spectrum. On our first date, we shared things that we felt uncomfortable sharing because there wasn't the barrier I often feel with men of different ethnicities or faiths. Hmm. We just got each other. I was dumbfounded that he asked to hold my hand. He walked me to my car. He asked me or he asked to kiss me. I told him I wasn't ready to have sex when he asked to come over, and he said that was totally fine. We talked for a long time in my apartment, and he said to stop him at any time if anything made him uncomfortable. Mm. He felt too good to be true. I was still nervous about having sex because I didn't I didn't know how to tell him what I had been through and if it would scare him away. But I felt really comfortable with what we had. He kept me up to date about what was going on with school and when we couldn't hang out and that he wasn't seeing anyone else. I understood the difficult schedule because I had a post grad degree too. I get it. It's hard and we get lonely during such a stressful time. He said that if I wanted to start seeing other people, he wanted a heads up beforehand and I agreed and said that goes both ways. I started seeing a therapist because I've been wanting to work on my issues for a while and I didn't want to lose a good man because of them. I felt him being distanced after about four dates and I gave it a week and cried about it to see if he would text or call. I finally reached out and said that I felt like things were off or over between us and I just wanted to know what happened. He said that he enjoyed my company but didn't want to lead me on. He said he couldn't commit to a marriage-oriented relationship while in med school because it's a long road ahead and that he knew he couldn't give me the serious time a relationship needs. He wanted to leave it up to me if I wanted to see him again. I said yes because I would rather hang out with someone I'm so comfortable with and don't have to code switch with rather than start from zero with (sighs) someone else. I told myself that relationships aren't linear and that if I supported him and stood by him through this, eventually we could make this work. We hung out twice after this conversation, but nothing between us had changed. He was super loving and really made it seem like he wanted to be in a relationship with me. I was able to tell him about what was stopping me from having sex, and he was very nice about it. I had never opened up this much to a man before. It felt good. And finally, we did have sex and I felt so safe. But then he was distance again, distant again for another week. When I finally heard from him, he texted me to say that he put his feelings out there with a classmate and they are now dating. Hmm. He said he wanted to tell me that he wasn't stringing me so that he wasn't stringing me along. You're a really good person. and I don't want to treat you wrong or be deceitful is what he said. This really fucking sucks. Looking back, there were things that bothered me that were red flags, but I wanted to work through them and talk to him about them. If he were to ever come back to me, I don't think I would go back because I don't want to be anyone's second choice. Mm -hmm. But to know that the two months of what we had or what I thought we had were so easily and quickly cast aside for someone he had supposedly met one week before really breaks me. That he walked away with all my secrets and then he gets to walk into another relationship with no consequence really hurts. If he had told me point blank that he didn't want to date me, I would have understood. But then I wouldn't have had sex with him or seen him again. I know he didn't use me, but I feel used. Mm. But part of me is grateful for the safe space we made to get me over my fear of sex and his patience. I know I deserve more and I deserve better, but I also feel like I'm not worth getting to know or worth the time or the effort. I'm still going to therapy, and I'm so grateful to my friends for supporting me. I fluctuate between sad and mad, and at this point, what I'm most afraid of is seeing him and his girlfriend around town. The idea of getting back out there exhausts me mentally, and I don't know how many more times I can take more forms of rejection.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that is quite the letter. It is. And I, I love this letter. Thank you so much for writing and thank you for being so vulnerable and open with your experience.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: it sounds like w- one, it sounds like you are on the right path in terms of being really in touch with your feelings, seeing mm-hmm. a therapist, um, even being like equally accountable to him or, or, or like, uh, excuse me, um, holding him accountable for his actions, but also understanding. Yep. yep. Like, like you laid out everything that he mm-hmm. did and did not give you. Absolutely. Um, and Sam, do you want to talk about why we wanted, why we chose this letter?
1: Um, yeah, I thought when I read your letter for the first time, I underlined this sentence. Uh, but part of me is grateful for the safe space we made for me to get over my fear of sex and his patience. Um, and I think it just really stuck out to us because of the... You know, we always talk about breakups as being really complicated. That multiple things can be true at once, um, and that part of the head and heart work that we do is through reframing things, um, and understanding the both the things that have come from that relationship and the things that we are choosing to lose behind or leave behind. Um, and I think that. That sentence about that safe space that that you were able to create with him, and let's be clear, he didn't give that to you, right? You and he created that you through... You cultivated it together. Right, together. That comfortability was not just on him. It was on you being vulnerable, sharing your experience, being open and willing to try something again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think that that's really something that you can take away from this relationship and be proud of yourself for.
0: Right. You and, created it together. Right. Like that it, you... Uh, I want you to to congratulate yourself, Hannah. Like you overcame a lot of the stuff that you wrote about in this letter. In this small interaction, you built that.
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, And we also just want to say, like, fuck this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs)
1: Like, this is a really this is a shitty situation. Right. Um, and I will I will give him credit for being transparent with you about what he was going through um but it's also like fuck him a little bit
0: (laughs) well it's also like i give him credit for being honest i give him credit for like being straightforward with you and i also give him credit for creating that space with you yep you guys built it together yep um i don't say fuck him but i do say this hurts yep this hurts. It hurts to not be chosen, mm-hmm. and it hurts to be not pursued. It hurts to have closeness with someone and have them choose closeness with someone else. Absolutely. Um, but I don't really want to focus on him, to be <laughs> honest. Like I don't want to focus on him because, to me, this isn't about him. No, it's not. He—he's a stand-in for anybody.
1: Uh, yeah, honestly. He's like a faceless man to me.
0: <laughs> right, because you got what I care about, Hannah, is that you got through this. You mm-hmm. did this, yep. and you can do this again. Absolutely. Like this is this is not the potential of your vulnerability. This is the small tip of the iceberg of what your heart is capable of. Yep. And that's unfortunately that's true of the pain too. That like as much good as we feel, we equally feel hurt or, mm-hmm. or pain or sadness. But. That's the wild ride that is humanity, um, and you are slowly with your, with your therapist, with safe spaces that you build within people. Mm-hmm. You are you are creating the bridge to that lifestyle. Yep. You you are opening yourself back back up again, and and we're so so proud of you. Absolutely. That being said. Now you know you had a safe space with this man once, and it's no longer safe. Right. There's no need for you to return. No. that's why I want to like kick him out of this conversation. is that like, cool, great. You had this time with him that we want to acknowledge and congratulate you for, but um, now he's no longer safe. Absolutely. and you could but you have the tools and the capacity in your heart to rebuild it with someone else
1: absolutely. And I think what also drew us to this letter, Hannah, is that um is that you did so many things right in in this yes. situation, right? You set up very explicit boundaries. You set up very explicit expectations. You know, he knew that you were more marriage oriented. Mm-hmm. He knew that you didn't want to have sex with him on the first date. And um, you were able to say that explicitly and to not, you know, back down when
0: mm-hmm.
1: when push came to shove. Right. Right. When we talk about creating boundaries,
0: That's what we're talking about. This is what
1: we're talking about. And so the fact that you were able to do that with this person means that you can do it with someone else in the future. Right. right? And
0: and now... Now that he you say, this is what I want. These are my boundaries. And he says, this is what I can't give you. Now he can get out of the way for someone who can. Absolutely. Um, Now, like he's not he doesn't want to be in a marriage oriented relationship. Cool. Great. Now he's not going to waste your time anymore.
1: Right. Exactly. And that's because you were explicit and clear about what you wanted and needed out of the relationship. Right. And so now you're not wasting your time hoping for him to. To come around to this idea that he will suddenly yeah. want to be in a marriage-oriented relationship, yeah. right? Now you can just be like, great. He didn't want marriage. Somebody he created. Else will. An, he and I created this space together where I could overcome some things and learn from a relationship. And now I'm ready to give an even. Uh, more ready self to someone else who's out there.
0: Hannah, I want you to write a list of all the things you did. Right. Yeah. I want you to congratulate yourself. I want you to literally write out a like journal, a list of, I put myself out there. Mm -hmm. I um, felt comfortable in my body. I expressed my, um, you know, my desires to be, uh, marriage oriented or to not have sex, um, at first, and, you know, like I took a risk, like how brave of me to take a risk. Yep. You know, um, there's so many things, just like Sam said, that you did right. And I feel like relationships, one of the biggest flaws of romance is that we focus too much on other people when loving other people has everything to do with how we relate to ourselves. Absolutely. Um, I think one more thing I want to get into, Hannah, is the idea that this vulnerability doesn't have to be wasted or regretted that like Sam in the intro said that um, we're going to talk about using people as guinea pigs (laughs) and we don't mean, you know, experiment on people. We don't mean to abuse or manipulate or take advantage of people, but we inherently create new experiences and therefore understandings of the world with people Mm -hmm. like, People help me understand the world yep. and my experiences with them help open my mind to the capacity of the world, to the capacity of love and suffering. Right. And it's not that you used him and it's not that he u- used you, at least from what you've told me. Like, yep. I feel like this was a pretty open, respectful, respect filled, consensual exchange of, of, of time and energy. Right. Yep. Um, but that that it's okay to learn from this. It's okay to say, well, like to look back in 10 years and you're going to be happily married. um, And if you're not, you'll be where I am in my life right now. (laughs) (laughs) And it's peachy here, girl. The weather's just fine. Um, And you are going to say, oh, what's his face? Or so-and-so? Yeah, we never like... Our relationship never went anywhere, but it was really crucial for that time was crucial for me to learn how to trust my body mm-hmm. or to learn how to um, uh, feel comfortable in pleasure or to learn how to put up boundaries like 10 years, from, like step back and think 10 years from now, what is this relationship going to mean? Mm-hmm. It's going to it's going to mean something to you what you learned in this situation. Absolutely. And it and it can be that. That's all it has to be. Yep. And we love your heart like we feel for your heart.
1: Absolutely. And we doing the head and heart work doesn't mean that you just suddenly it all clicks and you don't feel bad anymore, right? You're still going to feel that pain of mm-hmm. of um having been not chosen by him. Right. But uh I think that you are equipped and have all of the tools and resources that you need to be able to do that and heart work to move from this and to get out of it things that are going to be beneficial for you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We love you, Hannah. Thank you so much for writing. All right. Our third letter is from Lupe Z, who is writing to us from Brooklyn, baby. Oh. Lupe writes... Hey, guys, I've been listening to the podcast for quite some time, and I've always found it comforting to know that there are other people in this world that have suffered from relatable heartbreaks and asshole people. (laughs) I just wanted to thank you both for giving your time and emotional energy to help those who seek advice. Anyway, my problem started with my cousin, who is my best friend. My cousin, let's call her Abby, has recently began seeing a much older man at work. She had claimed that it was just sex and nothing more. However, whenever we would get drunk, she would begin to cry about how much he had been emotionally mistreating her. Seeing her cry over someone who has absolutely no respect for her made me furious. As a nurturer, I wanted nothing more but to protect her but whenever I would try to explain how bad this man was for her she would always give the same excuse it's just sex it had gotten to the point where it felt like I had lost her it even made Excuse me. It was made even worse when she told me that during New Year's she had non-consensual sex. I reached my breaking point and told her mother in hopes that she would finally get away from him. She texted me the next morning saying, how could I betray her trust and so on? She expected me to apologize to her for, quote, ruining her life. I'm hurt and angry at her for not realizing what I did was purely out of love and how I refuse to see her cry anymore. We haven't spoken in Eight months. And when mm. I tried to contact her again, she flat out told me how much her life was better without me. I'm not sure what how I feel. All I want to do is say, fuck you. But I miss having that relationship with her. What do I do? How do I move on? Thanks so much for reading this. I wish you both the best. Oh, Lupe, this is such an important letter. We're so glad we wrote you. Or you. We we wrote you. We wrote you for this. <laughs> We're so glad that you wrote to us about this. Well, there goes my iPhone. <laughs> oh, God. It's not broken, everyone. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, I'm so glad you wrote about this because I think this is something that a lot of our listeners are going to relate to. The idea of watching someone not only suffer but experience abuse and where is the line and how do we... How do we help people that we see suffer, Yeah, especially in romantic relationships?
1: Right. And then to be punished for doing something that you thought was the right thing to do.
0: Yeah. So here are the facts. Number one, regardless of how she took it, regardless of the outcome, you were only trying to help your cousin. Yep. That's, that's, That's one thing that you can stand on. Absolutely. Is that you didn't have any alternative motives, that it wasn't because of any weird toxic thing. You weren't hurting her. You were only trying to help. Yep. And you can find comfort in that, but unfortunately, that might be the only comfort you get from this mm-hmm. when we try to help people who are hurting sometimes they they can't see through the hurt yep it's it's a hard thing to say, but she might not ever appreciate this and and that's something that you have to be comfortable in knowing that and here, here's the realty the real hard thing to say I'm just going to go out the gate with it <laughs> <laughs> um that you mean out the bat yes i do mean out the (laughs) bat um this is painful but in 10 20 30 years that might be something that saves her life Mm -hmm. or saved her life in that moment yep and she might still never forgive you Mm -hmm. but in the long term I, i don't know i i think about like if sam was in a relationship in which he was being um, abused emotionally or physically, um, would I speak out against that? Would I do something to prevent that relationship from continuing if I knew it would risk my friendship? Mm-hmm. Like, would I would I would I try to save Sam from harm if I meant losing him? Mm. And ultimately, I think for the people that we really love, you would. Yeah. Right. And you did. I. I would. I would never speak to Sam again if it meant saving him serious emotional harm absolutely, and that's like a really terrible, horrible thing to think about, but that's what you're that's what you chose to do, libby that like you you did a really big thing. It's just the outcome isn't what you wanted
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and I think it's really hard with people who are making decisions um that aren't always in their best interest, right and um and sometimes. Uh, keeping that person in your life can just help enable them to continue those those decisions, right? right. And so um, there's no right answer to how to support someone who's in an abusive relationship, right? right. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, and telling uh, your cousin's mom about it uh, is a way for you to, to address that and to say, you know, I know about this and I can't keep this inside any longer, right? I need someone who has some authority over you to, to take some control because you clearly um, are making decisions that are that are continuing to harm you, um, which isn't to say it's her fault, right? Uh, but it is, you know, abusers have ways of keeping us in abusive relationships, right? Amen. And sometimes Amen. we need someone to pull us out of it in order for us to see that that's what's happening.
0: You're totally right.
1: Um, and so I just want, one of the reasons we picked this letter is because I think both of us, having been friends with people who have been in abusive relationships, just want to to send you love right. and to say that this is really, really hard. Right. Um, and you get to feel hurt and sad and angry about this. Right. Right. You get to feel all of those emotions. It might feel like you're being selfish because your cousin has gone through so much worse, but you are hurting right now. Because of the actions of this man, right? Right. Of, the, of his abuse of your cousin. Um, and so we just want to say that you have every right to feel that.
0: Yeah. In our show notes, um, I have like the letter in my hands. And Sam wrote that you were collateral damage. Yeah. And that you can't be collateral damage all the time. Yep. Like that she can't. At one point or another, it becomes unfair of her to for you for her to hold this against you. Yep. But we don't know when that's... We can't control her. We can't control anyone else. Nope. You just did the best that you could in that moment with the knowledge and experience that you had. And and that led you to her mother. And honestly, Sam also wrote that he would have done the same thing. Yep. And I would have too. Yep. Uh, there have been times that I have had to make uncomfortable... I've had to cross uncomfortable lines for the, for the safety of someone I love. Absolutely. And it's hard because, you know... I'm sure that there's listening listeners out there thinking, well, you know, what if the mom's not a safe space? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there are times that when you go to authority or when you go to somebody in power in which they don't respond right or that's not a safe place to go. Yep. But in this instance, you know, your family, you know, your people, you know, your heart and you did the right thing. Yep. It It's it sucks. But you were trying to protect her. Absolutely. Yeah. And. We talked about mourning a friendship last episode, mm-hmm. and I think this is similar, that you can mourn this. You can mourn this loss, but we want you to go to sleep tonight and say, I was doing the right thing. Yep. This hurts, but I was only trying to protect her. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We love you. We We, do. we feel free. We're sending you our metaphorical hugs yes. across the internet something
1: (laughs) across the sound waves
0: across the sound waves (laughs) lupe we love you so much thank you for writing yeah thank you hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. So our next letter,
0: our last letter, last
1: letter, comes from. Don't you know that you're toxic?
0: <laughs> Who's writing from? That you're toxic?
1: Uh, no. First name. Don't you know? Last name. That you're toxic.
0: Oh, that's cute.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> writing from Northfield, Minnesota. Uh, And they write, Hi, Sam and Sierra. I broke up with my ex two years ago. He put me at the center of his universe during our relationship, and that felt amazing. Nothing can replace knowing that someone will always be there to cheer you on, support you, listen to you, and be vulnerable with you. I have stayed single for the entire time since the breakup, gone on plenty of dates, but reveling in the combination soul-searching and soul-crushing journey that is being peacefully alone. Mm -hmm. In this reflective period, I realized that many of my behaviors during our relationship were toxic. I would talk about other men casually around him because I knew it would make him a little jealous. I would favorite posts with subliminal meanings on social media sites because I knew he was looking at them. And probably more behaviors that my brain refuses to confront. Hmm. It has been therapeutic to face these toxic behaviors of mine, but also quite troubling and scary. My question is, how do you reconcile wanting to be a good person with a good heart while also understanding that you have once engaged in toxic behaviors that have hurt people? I feel grateful that I've had this time to understand myself and work on those things, but I worry about my capabilities going forward to be in a healthy and loving relationship. Thank you both so much.
0: Yeah, I love this letter. Yeah, me too. I love this letter. And I I feel like we've answered this letter a couple times, or not this letter, but like we've ruminated on the idea of can a victim also be an abuser? Mm -hmm. Can, um, like what, yeah, what does it mean to grow, Mm -hmm. to reflect, to better ourselves? Yeah. And Like, yeah, just as the um, listener writes, like, how do we settle it in our hearts? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, first, you listen to Just Break Up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um... But really, (laughs) you, you, the reason why our elders are often the wisest, and that's not all true in all communities. But like, there's something to be said about that. I feel the smartest I've ever been. At 32. And that's because I have had the privilege of time and reflection Mm -hmm. and experience, really, that I've had all of these experience and I've had the privilege to not only experience them, but reflect on them. Absolutely. And that's just part of life. Uh, Sam and I could list off a hundred ways in which we were toxic.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Especially because, I think I've talked about this before, but how I how I was taught how to date, like how I thought women, young women should date, right. was like really confusing to me. And so all of those things that you're talking about, I, I didn't do necessarily the posting thing because we didn't have social media. Um, <laughs>
1: back in my day. Back in my
0: day, <laughs> you just poked a man with a stick. <laughs>
1: Or you just um, had sex in a baseball field.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a hearkening back to episode one, if you haven't heard that story. Um, But I I do remember not knowing how or why to get attention Mm -hmm. or like what was love. Is love jealousy? I think that's a very... um, a uh, young thought or feeling yep. to have, um, and it's not. And I don't mean that in an immature way, but just like when I was younger, I thought like if if my significant other was jealous, it meant they really wanted me. Mm-hmm. When, but now that I'm older, I'm like, oh god, jealousy, gross.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't have time for that. No, I
0: just want to <laughs> be in like a stable, healthy relationship. I, you know. Yes. I, anyway, it's just about reflection, it I is. guess, and 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 accountability to be better.
1: Absolutely. And I think you're you are doing it already. The fact that you are taking this time to reflect on yourself and seeing behaviors in yourself that you're not proud of is the first step to be able to change those behaviors. Right. Right. I think many of us uh, try and avoid the things that we do that are that are bad because they make us so uncomfortable. Right. And instead, you're looking at them and you are examining them under a very bright light and saying, like, Yeah, I see this thing.
0: Oh, my God. You're so right.
1: And, like, I see it. And now that I know it, I can change the behavior in the future. I will be able to recognize it the next time I see it showing up in me.
0: Oh God, you articulated that so well, so much so that I had a a really uncomfortable idea. (laughs) What we're asking our listeners to do, what we're asking you to do is... Like, this type of growth, this type of accountability truly is what Sam said, which is literally naming the things that we don't like about ourselves, Mm -hmm. naming them, pointing them out, which is the antithesis of American culture, really, if you think about it. Like, we are just taught that... Even as children, we say, oh, my God, this is the most beautiful drawing mm-hmm. or you are the best baseball player or I love yep. you the most. We're not taught to fail. We're not taught to, to expose our vulnerabilities or our flaws when in, rea- in actuality, that's how you grow. That's mm-hmm. how you when you feel the shame or discomfort of the things that you don't like about yourself. That's what pushes you to grow. Yep. I, m- I always remember my therapist said discomfort is is showing that feeling of discomfort is telling you that you have an opportunity to do something, something different. Mm. That it is an opportunity to change. Yeah. So here's my idea. Like I, this is something I've learned to do in my romantic relationships, and I'm very proud of it. But it still does, it doesn't feel good. What I'm wondering if we can share something about ourselves, about our our, our psyche that we don't like, mm-hmm. that we're not proud of that that forces us to hold ourselves accountable. And I can start because. I am proud of the fact that I have become more versed in talking about this because I just want to be better. Yeah, like just like our um, listener writes, like I, I, I don't want to succumb to that stuff that I recognize as toxic. And for me, um, I can be um, something that's hard for me to admit is that I can take things really personally, mm. um, and that it's it's almost a it's that I. I want to preserve the view of someone's, like, someone's view of me. Mm -hmm. I want them to think that I'm perfect and funny and emotionally intelligent and pretty. And any, any, like, skip or bump on that makes me feel really self-conscious and instantly, like, attacked. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can become really defensive or I can become really manipulative because i want to i want to keep people's like pretty vision of me yeah right spoken
1: like a true gemini
0: (laughs) hey thanks (laughs) but um so for example like when uh i trip and fall or i say something stupid yeah i and somebody my partner laughs at me i can take it really personally Mm -hmm. um Another manifestation of this is anger is like responding to something defensively instead of being like, "Ha, you're right. I am stubborn Mm -hmm. sometimes or whatever. I I think I'm talking. I I was just like, I'm so good at talking about this. And then I explained (laughs) it really poorly. (laughs) Um, But this is all to say, like, it makes me feel embarrassed and childlike to say, you know what? I, I don't. I'm not proud of the fact that I can't take a joke. Sometimes, you know, like that makes me feel embarrassed. Like yeah. it makes me feel vulnerable to say that out loud. That like I'm so sensitive that not, I, I I can't handle when people tease me. You know, like that's embarrassing. Um,
1: <laughs> you're making me rethink every time I've made fun of you and you've like lashed out back at me. I'm like, oh, we're having fun, but like really, you're like
0: really it's angry. More, with it's me. honestly it, that's fine. It's more about. Romantic relationships for me because desire is at play there. Got it. And that's what is attacked. But also, I am very sensitive. So yes, <laughs> rethink that. Um, I feel like that's not even the perfect example, but I, I won't get into the other one. Like it's about, about like being angry at your partner for being imperfect. Like uh, I've definitely yeah. held them to too high of a standard. Mm-hmm. And you know how you stop that habit? You admit that you're being insane. <laughs> yeah. You're and like. That's it. You're like, wait a minute, my defensiveness is or my anger or my insecurity it's lashing out it's a mask for something else mm-hmm. and i'm sorry i'm holding you to i to have a standard like i'm yep. being irresponsible with my requests of you yeah and it really takes that type of like almost toddler level of well you know a toddler's throwing a tantrum and you say okay what's what's wrong yeah. and the toddler's like Meh. and then you say okay well what's What's making you feel this way? Well, I'm tired. I'm hu- I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're crying because you're hungry. Yes, okay. So you're not crying because I shut the door or whatever. You're crying right. because you're not feeling well. Can I You know like Yep. I feel like I'm getting on a little weird tangent, but it just it's about breaking down these habits. That's what it takes. This is the head and heart work. Absolutely. Can you think of your example and be a little bit more eloquent than me?
1: Yeah, I tend to push away affection. As a way to prove that I can before I let the <laughs> okay. affection come in.
0: That is a a serious <laughs> self-drag that you just did.
1: Uh, and it's like something that I don't like about myself. Uh, yeah. And it has created issues in relationships in the past with loved ones, like with family, with friends, with uh, with people that I have been in relationship with. Right. Um, and it's something that I've had to recognize about myself is that like my initial reaction to just to like, if somebody comes up and hugs me to like shrug them off, just to prove that I don't need them to hug me is like not actually what I need, right? What I need is the affection that I actually want. And I don't need to go through that step of being like, I want this, but I don't need that. Um, And so that, that manifests itself in a lot of ways, which is like, I have to tamp down on that initial reaction so that I can actually respond to it in the way that I want to and I can say no I actually really do want this hug or actually I really do want you to tell me that I am handsome and that you love me or whatever that is instead of just like the immediate reaction of being like I'm an independent person I don't need anyone to say like yeah sure that's a given Right. but you can also ask for these things that you really actually want
0: and it's embarrassing right it's embarrassing to be like I turn away affection because I want to prove that I can. Like, that's like... Yeah,
1: no, that's like a horrible humbling, thing to do. <laughs>
0: humbling as fuck. Right?
1: right? And to be on the other side of that, to, ha- like, go in for a hug with someone and have them shake you off, like, that's hurtful. Totally. And it's not what I'm trying to convey. Right. What I'm trying to convey is that I'm an independent person and that I don't need people. But what I actually want in that moment you're is totally the right. hug. Yeah. Right? And,
0: and you're and, and you're even more right about the hurtful ideas. Like, what we... like. Uh, You know, going back to what I was saying about like having too high expectations of people, like it's okay for me to want things of people. It's okay for me to be cranky, but I can't hold them to an unattainable thing and then lash out at them for not. Exactly. Yeah. And so wonderful Toxics listener, I what we're trying to illustrate here is that. Changing that those patterns, yep. holding yourself accountable accountable is all about vulnerability and being humbled as fuck. <laughs> like it's embarrassing to change, but that's where the good is.
1: Absolutely. And I will tell you, no matter what relationship you get into, no matter how perfect it's gonna be, you're yeah. still gonna have these moments where you do the dumb thing.
0: Yep. And and then you have to say Yep. I was dumb. I mean, like, that's that's (laughs) what accountability, honestly, if I could, like, sum up all of my advice into one phrase is learn how to admit you were wrong. Yep. And sit in that. Mm-hmm. And and guess what? That is where life is. We are all imperfect. We yep. are all messy. We are all selfish. We are all stubborn. We Great. all lash out. We all prove, you know, push people away to prove that we're independent. We all do these things. Yep. But the growth happens, the, the change happens, the, the rewiring happens when we allow ourselves to be imperfect. Yep. So do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got it, Toxic. You know you what to do. You got it, Toxic. Um. But one thing I also want to say is that like this is all really good. This self examination is really good. Uh this being humbled is great. But also you need to forgive yourself too. Yes. You need to look at those things under a bright light and say, Yep, mm-hmm. that happened. Sure did. Don't feel great about it. But Mm-mm. you know what? I was doing the best that I could. With the skills and the resources that I had available to me. And those skills and resources at that time didn't involve the self-reflection. right? Didn't show, didn't have the bright light to shine on those things that I want to change about myself. Right. And that's okay. Yes. I hurt that person and it's okay that I hurt that person.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This is the head and heart work. Yeah. We love you, Toxic.
1: Thanks for writing. All right. so. That wraps up our last letter, which means that we are moving on to our next segment.
0: The blind date.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Why do we not have a theme song for the blind date section yet? Spencer! (laughs) Um, So the blind date segment is just a segment where we want to hook you up with something that we think is really cool. This week, we want to hook you up with...
0: I want to set you up with affirmators. (laughs) Say that again. Affirmators. (laughs) Affirmators. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, basically, to get the name of them, I googled Unicorn Affirmation Cards. I talked about them <laughs> in the last episode. I, the name, whatever. But trust me, these cards are so cute. Little bit of a backstory. I... um I bought these affirmation cards for myself on my 32nd birthday this past June. Um, I've talked in past episodes about how birthdays are a little anxiety-inducy for me, Mm -hmm. and I bought them as a gift to myself because I wanted to recenter myself. I wanted to work on my head and heart work, and I wanted to put effort into them, and I wanted a fun little reward for myself. And these are 50 affirmation cards um, to help you help yourself, is what they say, and I want to tell you that I'm I'm not the type of person who, like, loves unicorns. I'm sorry. I think they're cool. (laughs) But I'm just not on the unicorn, like,
1: party wagon. I get it.
0: Okay? I'm just not. I think they're fine. Cool. Yeah. But these ones have cute little, like, illustrations with funny but real comments on them like so they're not okay. they, they feel cute enough and lighthearted enough to be easy to pick up like i draw a card once a day and be like okay this is what i need today authenticity this is what i need today inner peace this is what i need today companionship mm-hmm. this is what i need today forgiveness right and then there's like a cute little illustration and a cute little description of that that you can like um you know mentally devour in whatever way you want nice. they're just lighthearted enough they're just cute enough to be easy yep. but they're but the 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 message behind them is real you know um anyway they so they're called affirmator
1: uh, affirmators
0: yep did i pronounce it (laughs) wrong this entire time affirmators (laughs) god damn it i hate myself (laughs) affirmators you say it affirmators yeah that 50 affirmation cards and you can get it on amazon or wherever else doesn't um pay no taxes for 20 years um
1: Yeah, I'm really having a coming-to-Jesus moment about Amazon recently, oh, and God, it's like it's so really intense for I know, me.
0: <laughs> I know. It's so hard. Anyway, uh, yeah, check those out.
1: Awesome. Thank you all so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. You
0: can also slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com.
1: Uh, Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. Also, if you are interested in receiving an additional episode every week, you can support us on Patreon for $5 a month. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. Uh, This is awesome because it helps us keep the lights on and it helps us reach more broken hearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice.
0: Original music recording production by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If Podcast. And remember, it's still worth it to be loving. Despite everything you've been through, it is still safe to be soft and vulnerable. Because you know vulnerability is where the true intimacy grows. You are still loving after all you've been through. Because this is how you actively choose to be. It takes strength to be vulnerable. It takes strength to do the head and heart work. And you are choosing right now, today, to lean in despite it all, to know and love yourself better. And if all else fails,
1: just break up.